Pacquiao coming to you live from World Championship in San Jose. Welcome to the Living Legends Podcast. This episode of the Living Legends Podcast is brought to you by the Banish Zone out of Pennsylvania, USA. And their specialists in all things nerd and geek. Board games, TCGs, miniatures, Dungeons and Dragons, RPGs. Everything that you need to live in a fantasy world outside of the normal one. They do it. And speaking of which, they're going to be having some holiday sales all the way until the end of the year. And that's right, it's going to start on Black Friday and last all the way to the end of the year. So make sure you go and check out thebanishedzone.com for all of your geeky needs. Thank you from the Living Legends podcast. Battle Royale? Ooh, I, <laughs> I literally, I don't own very many movies. I actually own Battle Royale on Blu-ray and the sequel. Sequel's not as good. First Battle Royale and the manga. Classic. Very, very good. Highly recommended. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am technically recording, so maybe we can leave this in. Hey, you should all go watch yeah. Battle yeah, Royale. Yeah. It is very, very good. Um, it's bloody yeah this but it's good this was going to be my arsenal step anyway just talking about movies so yeah (laughs) the other one the other one that i that i always recommend to people is tale of two sisters but i already talked about that when in the sam yang interview tale two sisters (laughs) korean horror film very very good very scary um and there's some other ones that are just like make me really uncomfortable like there's, there's there's some that I would consider classics like Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, which which they remade, uh, Old Boy, which they remade. Um, yeah, Old Boy's not really horror; it's just kind of like this gnarly thriller kind of thing. Oh, the um, revelation in it though is just horrendous, isn't it? At the very end, when they when he realizes what's going on, it's just it, like, oh no, that's, thanks. <laughs> that's like that's like classic like brutal Asian suspense movie kind of deal. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Same, same with same with sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, and then um, well, what's the other one? Um, oh, what's it called? It's the one about this one's about hypnosis. Is it just called X? No, it's not called that. Was that oh, a horror movie about Twitter? Well, it was way before Twitter. Oh, I'll think of it later. Twitter it's, it's is a, a Japanese, horror movie. Come it's on, a Japanese yeah. horror film. The Social Network. Anyway, anyway, we should probably oh, start. We should Patrick. probably start the episode. Patrick Wilson. <laughs> Anyway, uh, um, I'm going to look at it. Up. Yeah. Welcome to the uh, Living Legends podcast. I'm your host for today. My name's Alice from Going In Gaming and uh, joined by Bill and Kel. We're speaking about horror movies to begin with. Um, but how's it going, folks? First of all, <laughs> pretty good. Um, yeah, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, pretty good. Um, I, like I, I sort of mentioned as we, before we started, uh yeah. currently uh contributing to a list of movies that uh, me and my friend want to watch and uh what we have currently they did most of the the legwork up to this point i'm just sort of adding yeah. in stuff that is not on the list that uh might not have seen but uh we're at four and a half pages single spaced of individual lines of all horror uh, films movies not all horror films. There's also oh, okay. like um, just like classic movies as well, like stuff that is just good. Um, there's also two categories, one for bad action films and one for bad horror movies. So, oh, like so uh, good or just utterly garbage. Like, like killer clowns uh, from outer space type type of stuff. That is the second entry in the bad horror list. <laughs> wow. I, 
I feel that I could definitely like hang with you guys for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, there's uh, there's some pretty good ones, but uh, for engagement purposes and for because I want to watch uh, a bunch of movies, uh, comment down below. What's your favorite uh, either like good horror movie, bad horror movie, just like recommend some movies that you think people don't give enough credit to. Um, yeah, I'm always really interested to check out stuff that people don't necessarily like. Uh, I at least like every like not everybody likes you know I have figured yeah. out the name of the movie that I was thinking of it's called Cure it's a 1997 Japanese psychological horror film uh, starring Yakusho Koji uh, who is like a pretty well respected Japanese actor and it is um, notably considered a progenitor of the explosion of Japanese horror media preceding other releases like uh, Ringu and The Grudge or Kuon or Juon Oh yeah, the ring, the ring. Like the the American remake was one that petrified me as a child. You know, mm. some of the some of the scenes in that were absolutely horrendous. And I think we spoke about it briefly on the previous podcast, which you should go and check out because you know the Sam Yang one was a very very cool to listen back to as well. Three hour yeah. podcast, pretty good. Yeah, but we spoke about like the long the long sort of drawn out shots that then sort of fill you with a sense of dread and all this. And I think it's, you know, a lot of horror films lose that these days in, 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 in favor of just, sure. ah, a thing, ah, you know, the, uh, jump scares. The thing, yeah, I really like The Ring. I saw it like right when it came out growing up, the uh, uh, English adaptation. What scared me the most is it basically takes place uh, just kind of like right outside my window because it takes place oh, in lovely. the Pacific Northwest. Oh, cool. And it looks... <laughs> Just like uh, where I live. Uh, so that's what freaked me out the most. It's just like, oh, yeah, that well. I, you know, I've probably seen that well in a forest somewhere before. Like, oh, no, there's Samara. I think that's her name, isn't it? The girl. Samara. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but so, um, anyway, <laughs> anyway. But yeah, we, we thought we'd uh, we thought we'd just talk about horror films today. And uh, until next time, we'll live in those podcasts. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Trust us. Excellent. Good we, job, everybody. We have, a, we, have a, we have a long docket of flesh and blood, including like... Mm -hmm. Uzuri and winning a calling and a bunch of other stuff too. So we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, and uh, as always, we're filming this on a Tuesday, so the topics are quite relevant and fresh. So it's all uh, it's all good uh, for this sort of scheduling at the moment. But um, yeah. First of all, um, our weeks in flesh and blood. Do we have any? I've had a few. I've got. I've had a few things happen this week. Uh, but has anybody else had anything that they're doing or thinking of doing or prepping for, etc.? Honestly, not not really, <laughs> not really. Um, the only thing I really did regarding Flesh and Blood is I watched the um, Australian Calling, and uh, we'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah. totally called it. By the way, I uh, got some got some likes from James White on Twitter, which I thought was pretty funny because I was like, uh, you know, uh -huh. a couple days or right before the event or during the event, I was just like, you know, got my fingers crossed for an Uzuri win. Uh, James liked that. And then once we had like multiple Uzuris in the top eight, I was like, it's our time. Uh, and then James, uh, I do believe, liked that. And then I retweeted that and said, uh, yo, Dodd won. So like it was like three, wasn't there? Was it three, two or three, something like that? I can't remember. I think there was I think there was a few though, like you said. I think it was at least two or three. Well, it was only one Dromai and then a load of other things, which was quite yeah, surprising. I, I so know everyone was thought. Two got two Uzuris made it into the top four, which was pretty sweet. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, two in the top four because one of them beat Michael Fang as well, um, who was mm -hmm. playing Lexi. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I haven't had too much experience on Missouri or any other hero for that matter. So it'd be interesting to see how that um, how that progresses. 
now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was watching a little bit of that. But um, nice to see that Dash as well was got very very far. And For- I think the, the 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 story that wanted to wanted to happen was it be fifteen oh Dash, but it was fourteen one. Unfortunately, hey, I I would have been <laughs> happy play. either way to be honest. Uh, because you know, having a dash IO win it would have been really, really cool. But you know, I wanted Uzuri to win. I've, I was on Uzuri mm. to win, so really happy to see yeah. an assassin uh, take it home. And that's basically all I've done for Flesh and Blood this uh, this past week. I have a couple of video ideas planned, but other than that, really, really not much else. Um, we'll talk about this maybe a little bit later because I, I think you guys want to talk about this. But you know, I'm not going to Worlds. And um, I guess I can say it now, but I'm not going to be going to the uh, celebrational either because I wasn't invited. So like my flesh and blood personal interest is like not super great other than just kind of casually playing it. I don't really have any plans. Um, so so yeah. it goes, though, isn't it? It's just card games in general just goes like this most of the time, especially well, if there's nothing really that you can relate to, I guess. But yeah. And then like I've just been playing a lot of other like anime card games that I've been really loving, like Grand Archive and, and Shadowverse Evolve. And I have some really exciting stuff to announce about those two games in particular that I will be involved with. Um, but I can't announce nice. them yet, but later, later. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, now I've been doing other stuff, uh, but I still keep, you know, still keep up with Flesh and Blood. How about you, Bill? That's what, what, that's what, this, is, this, is what this is all about. But yes, Bill, yeah. <laughs> anything. <laughs> Apart from prepping for Barcelona, I was getting... Yeah, I'm very excited for Barcelona. Um that's it's like blowing my mind that i'm gonna be on a plane to barcelona in just over a week yeah um i'm really really excited to just be able to like meet up with people and uh shake people's hands and whatever uh do a shoey with as that's a big one um yeah and uh (laughs) do a shoey with the professor yeah. <laughs> you know, do you yeah, know what? I, um, before, before we before we carry on on your on your on your week, Bill, I, yeah. I was actually um, I was actually uh, considering getting because you can get custom vans like vans shoes made. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I was thinking of getting like a Go Again Gaming van that I can drink out of. <laughs> just drink out of. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have to. I don't have to wet How my much? own shoe that I have to walk around the rest of the night in. You know. How much does something like I'm that thinking, cost? Like in your currency, maybe eighty dollars, perhaps. Really, like that. to get a custom shoe—that's not bad at all. Custom shoe, yeah, that's yeah. Worth, that's worth it for I, the meme. I was actually expecting <laughs> you to so. be like three hundred bucks or something, like less than a hundred. Will... Like real good. Yeah, I will confirm that. You know, uh, over the duration of this podcast, but um, yeah, Bill, carry on, please. <laughs> Just I'd uh, slip that in. <laughs> no, that's extremely relevant. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I. Uh, I have been still picking up stuff. Uh, I got to judge our uh, ProQuest, ProQuest, which I mentioned uh, a little while ago, and uh, ended up pulling a Cold Foil Fate for scene, which I was pretty inter- nice. pretty excited about. Uh, yeah. Then a uh, friend of the channel and personal friend Kaylee uh, flew to Toronto to judge some ProQuests there and ended up pulling a Cold Foil Art of War uh, that I purchased uh. from her. Oh, uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> I have no idea if that's going to be the beginning and end of it, or if I'm going to try to at least get like a Blitz playset. Um, it will very much depend on whether or not the uh, opportunity presents itself. But uh, yeah, I'm loving these. I'm loving these Judge foils, man. 
They're so if anybody's nice. <laughs> uh, if anybody's selling cold foil judge promos in the chat, then uh, reach out to Living Legends Podcast. Bill might be purchasing. <laughs> hey, his, uh, his extremely possible. His Twitter handle is yeah. on the video feed at uh, Bill TSF on Twitter. Yeah, it is um, absolutely. Yeah, that actually reminded me, to, uh, Bill. There's one other thing that that I did with Flesh and Blood, sort of this week, uh, yeah. and and it just arrived yesterday which is why i totally forgot about it so uh, if anyone knows me you know that i am a big fan of japan in general and a big supporter of the flesh and blood japanese community and for the flesh and blood uh japanese nationals they had a custom playmat that looked really awesome that was done by a well-respected um like anime style artist and i was like that looks cool and then one of uh, my followers on twitter from japan uh, shout out to i forget your name i'm sorry but shout out to you um they sent me it check it out uh, this is the oh, yeah, awesome. this is the Japanese uh, Nationals Flesh and Blood playmat. If you yeah, are listening, it's got like this mm. assassin lady with a katana and she's got some kunai. Maybe she's more of a ninja, but she looks red as hell. Um, and yeah. it's got this really sweet red background. And I was like, that looks awesome. And so, yeah, yeah. they definitely so, took a page out of the Holy Thibel, didn't they? Yeah, Holy dude. Moly. Yeah, look at that. Yeah, uh, looks looks incredible. That was, so uh, that actually reminds me. A similar situation. Uh, one of the guys who got top two decided to sell me their ProQuest mat. Oh, nice. Uh, and it's uh, oh, alluring yes. inducement art. Nice. Uh, oh, which I'm just such a huge fan of. Like, he was like, I don't know if I need more mats. And I'm like, I don't either. But if you're getting rid of it, let me know. <laughs> yeah, I, that's a nice one. Um, I can always, you know, I don't I don't need a ton more mats, but uh, when they're good, they're good, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, yeah. The person sent me this by the way they go by him on twitter h-y-m-n and uh it's like uh at rebossi pal or reb massy pal r-e-b-m-a-s-i underscore pal they're the person who sent it to me they're from uh, osaka so shout out to them oh sick yeah nice. yeah i mean if 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 i was to go to japan i would love to do i'd love to do tokyo osaka you know, but, but um, yeah, it's just finding the time to do something like that. If you ever find yourself over there, it's, we think you have to try and do at least a couple of weeks to try and make the most of it. Um, yeah. yeah, I'd love to go there as well. Would be sick. Uh, I'm just checking these vans. But I can't, <laughs> still, I can't, still checking the vans. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Can't, I can't find them, but um, uh, my week has been pretty eventful. I did have, I haven't got it on me, but I got the um, the playmat back from uh, from the calling Taipei, mm-hmm. um, which um, Alicia Liang signed for mm-hmm. me, and then she she put also put on their supreme leader in her sort of uh, native language, which was cool. Nice. Um, I did a Twitter did a Twitter post about it, so it's a little bit old news. But you just reminded me, oh, you're getting all your play mats out. I'm like, oh yeah, I had one as well, but don't have it to show off. Um, but um, also speaking of art and all this sort of thing, uh, I'm getting a artist proof done by Izuardi at nice. Worlds. So I've already paid him for it. I've already sort of sorted it out. Um, I don't know what they are though. So what are for the listeners as well out there? What are artist proofs? I don't know what they are. Are they on cards? Are they? Yes. Do you know what they are? So mm-hmm. I, I have examples. Yeah, I can. I can go into this. Um, I have many, many artist proofs. I think I have thirty or forty sketched artist proofs at this point. Uh, most of them mm-hmm. from Flesh and Blood. I have a couple from Magic, and then I also have some from Grand Archive. So what an artist proof is? It's something that the developers or manufacturers of the game send to artists so that the artists can 
may basically recoup a little bit of money from it. Uh, maybe, maybe it's also as like a gesture of good faith to the artist. And what it is, it is a card, an unofficial card. You can't play with the card in, in any sanctioned events, but it has right. on one side of the card, it has like the actual card face. And on the back side of the card, instead of having the card games back, like the flesh and blood card back or the magic card back or whatever, it's blank. And uh, a lot uh, of see. a lot of artists will use the blank back to sketch on it, or maybe maybe just to do a simple signature or whatever. It it, it varies to whatever degree that you're doing. I personally really mm-hmm. love like the all the sketches and stuff. I have like a a ton of them. Do I have any? I don't think I have any on my immediate vicinity. Well, I do have a bunch back back there, but um, there we go. There's a pile of them. They they can. I I always tell people this. Um, you know, if you're getting like a hand-drawn piece of artwork, expect to pay for a hand-drawn piece of artwork. They're not cheap. Um, yeah. Some artists do uh, charge you a lot more than others. And some artists go, to be honest, a lot deeper into it than others as well. Some of them will do like rough sketches. Some of them will like basically paint you a whole picture. Um, and, uh, you know, everything in between. I'm a big supporter of it. But at this point, I have I have so many, <laughs> so many artist proofs. Yeah. Um, like, my, uh, my favorites. I definitely... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying my, my three favorites for, for flesh and blood artists and shout out to uh, them in particular, because I've also worked with two of the three of them to do my, my own uh, custom splash art. But that would be Crovius, uh, Sylvia Meliani and uh, Soyame. Uh, they always do amazing artist proofs. They are absolutely gorgeous. All three of them do just astounding um so yeah. Also, you know, shout out to Izwardi. I don't have an artist proof from Izwardi, but I do have a custom like Uzuri drawing that he did on a shikishi board, which is like the next step. I think it's like kind kind of cool. Anyway, yeah. If yeah. Bill has some examples, I, uh, yeah, I was just gonna say I have. I thought I had more examples, and I do. In I have a full like binder of just my collection, my my big collectible cards. Um, and I have a bunch there that includes the first ones that I got from uh, Carlos Cruchaga from Tales of Aria. Um, I got like, what was it? I got the alt art Channel Lake Frigid. Um, I got the Corsham and uh, Crown of Seeds, I think, as artist proofs and got sketches on the back of them. I was so I was so overjoyed. Um, I have the, the couple that I have as examples right now uh, are ones that I got from Eric Klug. Um, the figment of war and figment of rebirth. Uh, he actually, uh, I paid for the, uh, Marvel art versions, like the extended arts. Um, and there was like a very minor delay because when I ordered them, he was like out of town or something and he was extremely apologetic. Uh, so he just decided to toss in two of the regular, like one of each of the regular art too. Um, but uh yeah so i have one of each art for those and uh yeah i just got them signed didn't get anything on the back so they're just blank but they are like cardstock um i think and, yeah so so yeah. so that so they got obviously you got your card you got the card the actual card art on the front then a blank piece on the back yeah because I, I think i think what i think what is wadi is doing for me he's doing an actual hero portrait on the reverse side mm-hmm. um so it's going to be like um, I think I think he done a load of them for the Rainbow X Pitch League as prizes. So mm, I yeah. think I think if you saw those, it's going to be basically that. But it's the premeditate card, and then the uh, the the note that I left Izuardi on the Google form that you have to fill out was sexy as Alia. Uh, that was all the <laughs> that was all the instructions that you needed. Hell yeah! <laughs> all right, 
So I can't wait to pick that up at Worlds. He's gonna I, gonna pick it up from there. So if y'all want a little show and tell, I can do a little. I can do a little show and tell real quick. I grabbed six <laughs> different artists. Always has to one up everybody else, doesn't he? Of course. It's it's not. It's less one up and more uh, giving shout out to these artists that are that are amazing. Go for it. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, some yeah. of the cards are really fancy, and some of the cards are just commons that I really love the art for. Um, I don't just go for the really expensive. So I do, I do sometimes. So this one is um, the uh, Silver Herald Illusionist. I think her name is Amira uh, from uh, Spears of Surreality done by Crovius. And look how like gorgeous this is. Yeah, so, um, that, so that so that I imagine is what I'm probably going to get from Iswadi. So you've got your card that's signed on the back of his shadow signature and then the actual sketch that he's done on the back. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's what I think. That's from yeah, Crovius. Cool. This one is from Sylvia Meliani, and the, the card is just a uh, Valiant Thrust, but I love yeah. her artwork and her, look at this, it's just amazing. So these are just like two common cards, but the artwork on the back is, is gorgeous. Here is one of my yeah. favorite cards of all time, uh, Leave No Witnesses by Soyame. And then on the yes, front, please. it's got the character and she's like licking a bloody blade. Um, yeah, that's cool. For the, for the prompts right. for these, all three of these, it was, I was just like, hey, just draw the character again and do whatever you just want. Just draw what you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, now I have some fancy ones. So this one is Great Library of Solana Fabled uh, by Federico Ooh. Musetti. This one is numbered eighteen out of thirty, and on the on the front it's uh, Prism. And as you can see, like the the level of detail differs depending on the artist. Uh, Federico really likes doing these heavy black and white inked ones. Mm. And then uh, shout out to frequent listener of the the podcast, uh, Henrik Lindner, uh, Henrik. Henrik Lindner? I'm I'm so sorry, man. Um, I have uh-huh. a grandeur of Valahai fabled uh, from him, Ooh, and then that's on, very nice. on the uh, the backside here is it? It's like this, like almost reminds me of like Zelda, almost like discovering uh, one of the yeah. ancient relics or whatever. And then of course, exactly. And then uh, not technically an artist proof. This is one of the blank. Uh, just cards that Flesh and Blood has, but I always got to give a shout out to my dude Steve Argyle. And this one yeah, is a car- cartoony viscerai holding a bass guitar um, that he doodled, and it's called uh, Viscerai Spinal Tap Backup Bassist. Because uh, when he drew this for me in person, we were talking about Spinal Tap. So uh, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, weren't you wearing a t- weren't you wearing a t shirt or something? And he commented he, on it. He was wearing a, he was wearing a Spinal Tap t shirt. Oh, he was wearing it. And I was like, oh hell yeah, dude! And we started talking about Spinal Tap. Um, so yeah, all the artists are great. If you actually, if you're like, if you see these and you're like, oh, those are really cool. How do I get one? Most of the time, just message the artist on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, and they can if they yeah. have their own form or whatever to fill out, you can do that. For me personally, I just message them and I'm like, hey, are you available to do? APs, um, how much would it cost? Yada yada yada, and um, yeah. So, there's yeah, that. support your favorite, support your favorite eyes, support your favorite cards as well. I did, I did reach out to Izuardi and I asked him. I said, "Is there any premeditate play mats?" And he was like, "They sold out, yeah. sold out already. It hasn't even, it hasn't even gone to Worlds yet. They're all gone." Yeah, yeah he must have. People must have reached out as soon as he was announced. People must have reached out and said, "Do you have premeditate Matt? Yes, by gone. They're all gone. Um, so oh, man, um, I, I wish I had. Oh, it's probably too late anyway. I was gonna say, I wish I had some extra cash because I, I would totally ask Iswardi to do another Shikishi board uh, drawing. Because I literally for yeah. for 
for the shikishi board i literally just i just dm'd him and i was like hey man are you doing any of the shikishi stuff and he's like yeah and i'm like can you draw me uzuri i uh, know you've never done uzuri because he famously did the art for arachne um and he's oh, like oh the original arachne yeah of course the yeah. adult one yeah yep uh and i was like i was like if if you don't want to draw a character you've never done before on a card that's fine we could just do arachne but he's like no i want to do uzuri and i'm like oh hell yeah dude so um yeah yeah just reach out to him because you got Jim to pick it up for you, didn't you? Yep. Uh, yeah. That yeah. was, uh, I think it was one of the, maybe maybe one of the pro tours or something like that that I didn't go to. Like the the second pro tour or the third pro tour, whatever the one that was on the, the East Coast. Um, Baltimore. Yeah. That's yeah. It. And, and Jim yeah, yeah. just picked it up and mailed it to me. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. I highly yeah. recommend well, artist um, proofs. Great way to get something unique that's tailored to you and also supports exactly. the, the amazing flesh and blood artists. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I said, Israeli, are you free on the Wednesday, Wednesday night to uh, to go out <laughs> to do something? And he was like, I don't know. It depends how depends how how uh, how jet lagged I am because I think he only gets in that day, so we'll see. Um, but um, yeah, uh, that's that was that was one thing that sparked an entire floodgates of a uh, little bit of conversation there that uh, thought I'd mention. Um, speaking of uh, Twitter, um, we'll get into this a little bit later, but I made like a little edit uh, with Azalea on the Seek and Destroy art, putting back on the bullseye braces, yeah. which we're uh, which we're getting back, and uh, James White likes that, so I'm like, yes, that's news. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anytime that happens, I'm like, yes, I'm going to report on that. Um, so uh, yeah, we'll get back get back into that a little bit later because obviously there's a BNR thing that uh, hit, uh, not hints but confirms that that is coming back now. Um, I did a recent video on my channel which is about 20 minutes long, just detailing all of the events and stuff that I'm going to be doing at Worlds because uh, one of my one of my friends who does a lot of like altars and stuff has basically bought my tickets for me. Um, so it's, he goes by the Sigilic Games, um, who does uh, old, like, shiny holographic altars. Um, he's bought all of my Fable package. He's bought the Sagrada, the Sagrada Sigil events. So I basically get to play in all the events, but he gets all the swag. So, because he can't go and he wants to pick up the stuff. So I play the Flesh and Blood, he gets the stuff, was the arrangement, basically. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I'm glad that um, I can do that and he, he can get all the cool stuff. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. Just playing Azalea on the internet, refining the deck, and hoping that I don't run into too many Starvos during the Battle Hardened Living Legend format. Because <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be funny. Um, but um, oh, but well. yeah, so. Uh, no, no, it would suck. Never mind. I was going to be like, yeah, well, you mean, you mean like Red in the Ledger makes it so they can only, they don't get go again on their shenanigans. But then I was like, oh, yeah, they run like a crap load of D Reacts. So good luck hitting with that thing. Yeah, or you just you just hit him for you hit him for you know five or you know five to eight red in the ledger, and then they just play awakening and then play their next turn for free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because of the damage they've taken and all this. Yeah, or they just um, like they're so, just like yeah, fine, I'll just crippling crush you. Exactly. Yeah, for yeah. free and not cost any cards or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's going to be funny, but I can touch on that later as well because that's something that's happening at um, at uh, in Spain, but. Uh, with regards to the actual stuff that's going on in the actual flesh and blood uh, world at the moment, so the banned and restricted happened. Nothing mm -hmm. really changed. The, the, the first thing that 
that uh, that obviously is is the big stuff is that Lexi is gone. Uh, so Lexi, along with Voltaire, are gone, and that means that Bullseye Braces comes back to legal status from suspended. So it was originally suspended until Lexi reached Living Legend. She has now done that. So both Azalea and Riptide can use uh, Bullseye Braces uh, again. Shout and out. I had a, there was a massive... <laughs> Sorry, carry on. I was just going to say shout out to the, the regular four Riptide listeners. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I was actually, I was actually, uh, I was actually gonna come into the Spike for your Discord and, and and say, Mink, I want your list because I wanna, yeah. I, I wanna, I wanna play with a bit of Riptide because I, I, I just realised that obviously when Bullseye Braces comes back, Riptide can actually have a decent three of a kind turn because he can reload from his hero ability. When he when he plays a three of a kind, he can reload a card. Right. Then mm-hmm. he can use the bow to reload and the bullseye braces to reload so we can actually have a decent three of a kind turn to a you certain can... degree it's a lot more a lot mm. harder than lexi and stuff because you have to give all of your you still have to give all your arrows go again so you have to play a rapid fire or crack your perch grapplers you... to be able to do it so it's you could, jank you could also play so when you reload from riptide's ability i haven't read him in a long time can you put any card in your arsenal or does it have to be an arrow it yeah be, is, is it any card anything so you yeah, can put, put so, a card face down. So I you think. could three of a yeah, kind, uh, and then put something like uh, take aim that has reload on it, and then take aim and then reload another card. You know, as long as you can keep reloading, keep going. You can keep yeah. doing it. Um, so you could actually go like a build like a tall riptide where you go like three of a kind, take aim, and then take aim. Put another buff that gives you go again unless you reload, and just kind of like do that, and then smash with a big old arrow. I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something there. Yeah, that's 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 why I was think I was thinking about it because when I was speaking to Justin, the guy who won the calling with Azalea, one of the main things he was talking about was the power of that Death Dealer brings you, and yeah. Riptide can use Death Dealer. Yeah. Um, so you know the fact that Bullseye Braces is back, I think it's just an auto include rather than Braces of Belief. It's just so much better. Um, yeah. I think it adds, you know, a little, a little extra dimension back to Riptide again. So I think people should uh, should try and see what, what see what you can do with Riptide again. I think because he's just one of those heroes that just doesn't do very well, poor, unfortunately. Poor Riptide. <laughs> poor, poor Riptide. Um, yeah, I, I see like posts here and there. Someone's like, "Oh, I won my battle hardened with Vincent," or like uh, someone's like, "Oh, I got, you know, did really well with Arachne," and you never see. Riptide. You never see someone's like, yeah, I took the battle hard with Riptide. I've never seen that. No. Like, no. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's just uh, something I'll throw out into the aether for the better minds to potentially work on or just thrash me and say, it's garbage as. What are you talking about? You absolute idiot. It's garbage um, as. What are you talking about? You absolute it's idiot. Garbage. No. It's garbage. Yeah. It's not viable in the CC meta. Nah, who cares? You yeah, you absolute idiot. Yeah. <laughs> what? Nah. Yeah, what? Nah, who um, cares? But if you uh, like Riptide, no, play Riptide and have fun. Do that. Do it. Exactly. Just yeah. do it. There's some crazy things you can do with Riptide, honestly. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think I think Riptide. I think Riptide's like a few cards away from being like pretty decent. I think, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure if like he needs more trap support. He might need more just like general good card support because uh, I feel like his traps are already pretty, like pretty good, but. Maybe they just want Riptide to be like more trap focused. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a weird one, but I just thought 
if he's yeah, balls our braces are coming back. Riptide's one that can use it as well. So you know, is it that good? Is it is it that good of a piece of equipment that um, that's uh, worth worth looking at the other ranges? But it wasn't before. It's only I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. I was, I was gonna say like, well, if if uh, prior data is anything to go by, Riptide wasn't good when it was legal, and he probably won't be good when it's not. But hey, like he's better now at least. So you know. Yeah, he's got a couple of cards, and they so. Yeah, he's got we'll uh, he's got that weird jank card from Bright Lights. I don't know, maybe you could do something with that. I don't know, man. Yeah. But um, but yeah, and then uh, the only other change was something that I is completely and utterly out of my wheelhouse. So maybe someone else can explain. But Soul Reaping was uh, mm. is now suspended until Chain becomes Living Legend, and that's in the Blitz format. So I don't know yeah. anything about that. Um, I think you have you played a lot of Chain, Bill. Yeah, in in Blitz, yeah. Um, yeah, I can see it. I think um, we were recently discussing it just in our our chat together, and uh, I think it was Kel that brought up that like they made changes to the Living Legend system, so they might just want to make it so that he doesn't hit the finish line immediately. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll talk oh, about okay. the changes to the Living Legend system yeah. next, but yeah, I mean like. Anyone who plays Blitz, you gotta know Chain is like one of the best decks in Blitz. He's just nuts. It's, and Soul Reaping it's is insane. so consistent. The high rolls are so so high. Um, the the fact that like you can't really run out of resources to do things. Um, like I, I think what makes him so good is like the high rolls are really really high, but also like his normal level is just really powerful too. So it's yeah. like really powerful constant pressure and then boom here's like a million damage out of nowhere deal with it like yeah you can crazy. pretty easily like without even trying prevent present eight damage over two attacks um oh, on like even a, the worst turn um but i was playing in a uh a skirmish with chain uh, the only one that I've ever gotten to the final table with, and uh, I had to beat a bunch of Icelanders to get there. And one of them, uh, I presented exactly 20 damage on the first turn of the game. <laughs> yeah, I can see wow. that for sure. Did you have a, yeah. was it an Art of War turn? Or was it just uh, like a... It was, I don't think it was an Art of War turn, but I had like, the, the deck was playing like Minoism and mm, yeah. um, I can see that. Uh, Nimbleism as well. Like it just had a bunch of like buffs and the the hand just lined up perfectly. Um and then yeah, being able to end the turn with Rosetta Thorn, it's like you're oh, just, of course. You're yeah. yeah. <laughs> Turns out uh, having cool. go against staple onto your hero plus uh, the ability to play cards from a second hand uh, that keeps getting bigger and bigger over the game. Turns out that's pretty good, huh? Yeah, it is uh, pretty crazy. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, I think that was also, yeah, that first turn also included um Revel in Rimblood. That was like one of the reasons. Mm. Why oh yeah, there. it ended up being so high. Yeah. Um, really yeah. Yakart's crazy. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so much, so much shenanigans in Living Legends format. But you know, have you um, have you done a have you done? Forgive me if you have done this. Have you done a chain versus Azalea on Spike Feeders yet? Uh, no. I because uh, just still craps all over him, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. If, um, if, yeah. But he still Red has husk, so he, he, all he has to do is block the Red and the Legend <laughs> once with the husk, and he's fine. It's, he just goes off to the races after that. You know, you can't stop yeah, him afterwards. Well, one husk chance. Is, the, the key would husk be so to crazy. try to force him to yeah. use it, um, like early on something else. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, because you can yeah, still set up like a really huge arrow with his alien. Like remorseless um, dunks on chain too. Yeah, even remorseless. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, chain is is probably going to be, I would assume, the next one to Living Legend and Blitz. Like he's still just really good. Yeah. There have just been grosser things in Blitz um, for the past little while, and Icelander was a miserable matchup. Uh, Iceland is pretty miserable to play against in general, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the the reason that I uh, say that I got to the final table and, and didn't say that I won was because I rematched at the final table against an Icelander that I had beaten previously in the tournament. And they went turn one channel Lake Frigid, kept mm. it around for three turns and then played another oh. one. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, yeah, I just I don't have enough pitch in my deck to play any of my cards. So good game. <laughs> See you later. Then. Yeah. Yeah. God. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I yeah, I, I do think the chain is probably going to be the the next one. Um, he's just he's been so consistent for so long. Um, yeah. Well, and that's why they banned soul reaping to just bring it bring the speed down. Then because I mean, <laughs> I when, so. when, I, when, I, when I read soul reaping, I'm like. Is it really that good? It is. Because, uh, because, well, the, I guess, you know, the, the fact that it has to be attacking a hero with one or more cards in their soul to give it go again is pretty much redundant because you're probably going to have yeah, go again from a soul shackle anyway. Exactly. Right? Yeah, I've I've never had that line of text come up ever right. playing, playing okay. Chain. You you just that give it sense. go again with Shackle or like Mavrian Skies. Yep. Um, uh, or yeah. anything like that. Or you can do the uh, Plunder Run trick with... Um, spellbound creepers like you you can give it go again or you can have shenanigans with extra uh action points so easily yeah and uh soul reaping if you wanted to like think about what it actually says it says it costs six it does not cost six it costs zero and adds resources yeah (laughs) in addition to keeping the things that you banish to get those resources you still get to play them um like it is just so unfair on so many axes um like the the fact that it's a one of also just makes that high roll that much bigger um so yeah i don't know i I think it i think it makes sense um i'm sad about it because chain is my boy but you know that's that's just the way it goes (laughs) (laughs) yeah and also like it's probably not taken too much into consideration but i'd like to think about this kind of stuff just in general uh you know blitz is a 40 card format compared to cc which is a 60 card minimum format so you have 20 less cards between the two decks so you have a a more likely chance to see it um in blitz even though it's a a legendary type card means you only have one of them in your deck um so yeah yeah makes sense it's good and Chain is like, like I said, uh, he's the hero that breaks like the two core fundamentals of flesh and blood, like the action. He yep. breaks the action point uh, system and he also breaks like the the four cards per turn system with being able to play <laughs> cards from your banish zone. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Pretty nuts. Yeah. But um, yeah, uh, speaking of uh, Chain and Living Legend, because obviously mm-hmm. he's Living Legend in uh, in in CC and the, obviously the main format, he's now part of the Living Legends format. Uh, but changes to that system uh, were implemented a couple of days ago by uh, the article from James. Um, so basically, it's just ramping up the speed. And we've touched on this before about ramping things up because eventually, uh, and we've said this before on previous podcasts, there's going to be a lot of heroes and a lot of big, a massive roster to play with. And James mentions on this, there's going to be 15 plus 
extra heroes next year, mm-hmm. which is just bonkers to think about. It's good. Um, it is good. It is a good thing. Um, and uh, as a result of that, with more heroes entering, they do have to try and speed things up for the main format, which is CC. Uh, so they're upping uh, some of the points per event. Um, so a couple of the major changes here is the World Championship goes from 200 up to 300, an extra 100 points. Yeah. That's an extra calling win on that on that now, basically. Yeah. It's, uh, almost, uh, you know, th- well, it is 33% of a uh, hero's living yeah. turn point total. Yeah. So, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty big. Um, then we've got Battle Hardens increasing from 10 to 40. So that's, massive, that's pretty, that's massive change. pretty big, yeah, four times multiplier. Yeah, you know, we, we we all hear about how many battle hardens Brody Spurlock's winning and all this, you know, and uh, Godspeed to the heroes that that boy is playing, you know, Azalea, uh, because that's one of them. Azalea's going to be out of there, and I'm just going to be uh, leaving the game at that point now. Not really. Um, I but, mean, uh, maybe we maybe we can talk about that after we talk about this because I think it's an interesting discussion. Um, yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of Twitter speak about ah, oh, this is a bad thing, or this is a you know good thing, and all that. So we can give our thoughts on it. But just to cap off these points per event, so Battle Harden ten to forty uh, national championship with uh, lower than ninety six players goes from ten to twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, PTI events go from four to twenty. That's a massive increase. Four to twenty for a PTI Ooh, event. Five, yeah, five times multiplier. Uh, five times and then uh, skirmish is doubled from two points to four points mm. um so yeah huge uh increases across the board for living legend points which is going to see our favorite characters and characters that we know and love and only play so, so some of us are going to go faster than we might have anticipated going yeah. forward and this can and this can also happen before we go into our thoughts this can happen uh, as soon as they achieve Living Legend, that then takes effect on the Friday, I think. The mm. the, the thing, or, or is it the Monday? I'm just uh, reading. I, the I remember, I remember Monday, but either way, it's like every week, right? It checks every single every week. week. Yeah, yeah, it checks every week, um, and uh, then that's it. If you're if you're if you're geared up to play, oh yeah, I'm going to bring Azalea to this event, which I've booked in my travel for and my hotel for, and oh no, she's Living Legend. I don't have a deck. What do I do? That's the one of the it's, main arguments that's come up. I think that so thing. We'll start I'm, there. I'm not sure that is that much of a problem, though. I can see it right. being annoying or potentially even worse. You know, very frustrating for players who aren't super entrenched into all of the flesh and blood news. Your more casual yeah. players um, who don't realize that their hero has hit living legend last week. I can see that being mm-hmm. like, a, a, like a, a a point of frustration for people for sure. Um, I think in the great scheme of things, it's it's likely not a huge deal. And I remember someone saying, I think it might have been our, our good buddy Ian in a, in a chat, that like mm-hmm. if you are like diehard, you know, Dromai or whatever, um, and you are like really into the scene, there's like you're you're gonna know how close your hero is to hitting le- living. No, legend. exactly. But yeah. I, th- I think it I think it it could be for a feel bad for some of the less entrenched people who maybe show up to their you know local skirmish or local armory or something like that. And then, you know, even on on the flip side, it could also, and we can talk about this later too, uh, encourage or, or maybe discourage people from playing certain heroes that they otherwise would have played if the hero is like really close to hitting Living Legend. So like, if a hero is like you know seven hundred, eight hundred points, and they're doing really well the season, if you are someone who wants to play complete competitive Flesh and Blood, why would you risk spending all of the money? Which is, let's face it, Flesh and Blood is an expensive card game. Um, yeah. 
why would you risk spending all of that money uh, to build a deck that might Living Legend in like four weeks and then you literally can't play it like anymore? Yeah, so it's, it's like people that are just chasing yeah. people that are chasing the results. They have to think more carefully about the cards they're actually buying because that hero is going to go in that format soon. Yeah. So and I I I I saw a good take. This might have been from hmm was it Alan Lau? I saw a really interesting take that I that I think I agree with, and that and this is something I want to talk about specifically with you, with you as a little bit later after this after we get our general things is that mm. it really feels like flesh and blood is going into a territory where they favor class specialization rather than hero specialization, especially with the ramping mm. up the, of the living legend points, and uh, I don't think that's wrong. I think that is definitely like what it looks like they're uh, they're doing right. Because uh, if the heroes can LL out faster, then that means that your beloved hero might be gone faster. But on the flip side, if they're printing more and more heroes every single year and every single set, that means you possibly, hopefully, this is the hope, that you have a replacement for that hero backed up, right? Um, and maybe my hope would be multiple options. So like if, if Azalea hits Living Legend, hopefully it's like Riptide isn't your only option. Maybe, maybe you'll have another option. So um yeah, I mean, that's maybe subconsciously why I was thinking about Riptide earlier. And the point, the why the reason I raised this point was if Azalea goes, because, you know, the Living Legend of Points is now accentuated, the only option now, at the moment at least, is Riptide as the only other ranger. Um, so maybe they are moving to a system or, you know, the release of all these heroes where that you are going to have a pool of rangers or a pool of warriors that you can then pivot mm -hmm. your collection, your main collection, because you're specialized in this class, you love this class, you can just move that whole pool to the other hero and then play the other hero instead. I just um, So you're not losing anything. I just had a conspiracy theory pop into my head. Do you think that's why they have been printing less and less talents in the last few sets and it doesn't look like we'll get more talents in uh, heavy hitters either do you think they want it to be more flexible in your hero decision and and then convert your collection and your deck to a different hero easier because like if you have a really so like for example dromai right dromai is draconic illusionist and plays very few other like generic generic cards or illusionist cards mm -hmm. she's like all draconic illusionist so like i think that is not a great situation for Dromai players when Dromai hits Living Legend, unless they place make a specific another Draconic Illusionist, because you can't just yeah. like slap in like Prism's cards or like the generic Illusionist cards into, you know, you can't you can't tr transition Dromai into a Prism, for example. Um, no, that's it. Yeah, it's um, your you that with the, with the talent system they were they were making it too specific to that hero weren't they where where if if, if dromai rotates out all of the draconic illusionist stuff is just yeah chaff at that point you can do yeah. nothing with it it's the same with the light illusionist you have to then make an entire new pool for light illusionist only because the other pool that you can't you can't access it any other way you have to be a light illusionist to play the light illusionist cards I, whereas if, if it was just illusionist from the start it would have been a lot easier because you could just add a random illusionist yeah. in who can access everything which i, I think is what they're doing 
you know, I can't speak to how true this is, but I can't help but think that maybe this is something they've realized and they're retuning how they're going to be doing talents in the future because we really haven't yeah. seen it since we haven't seen a new talent since uprising right because we didn't we didn't get any in dynasty and we didn't get any in outsiders um dust hold on is uh the outlier set it's just you know supporting already existing stuff um didn't get any in bright lights and it doesn't look like we're getting any in heavy hitters it looks like we're getting more like dual class stuff and heavy hitters so it's like i can't help but feel that like maybe they realize that this is a problem and they need to retool how they approach talents um yeah yeah hmm. what do you reckon bill what do you what do you want to see what what do you think uh what do you think is going to be the way to go forward um yeah, I think having like I, I seem to remember at some point that um, that uh, James White said something about like, oh, the talent system is just what we envisioned mm-hmm. uh, like initially. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense, but it, it seems like now they're in a position where like they're almost I, I feel like the the decision to print 15 new heroes or whatever the number was is maybe just their hand being forced by the uh, living legend system. Um, Like you have all of these heroes that um, people love to play. They are incredibly specific. Their card pools are specific. And then they like, they do well enough that they end up leaving. Um, So it's like, okay, well now we have to make a new one, but this new hero might not like all of the stuff that the previous hero did. Like my first example that comes to mind is uh, Chain versus Vincent. They yeah. are both Shadow Rune Blades. They do not use very similar cards at all. Um, like they're they're pretty distinct playstyles. So all of the people that really liked playing Chain and already had all of the Shadow Rune Blade stuff, you don't get to use a large percentage of it. So you still have that like sunk cost this is gone now sort of feel style different is um, completely different as well right so yeah, yeah. like it, I, it like chain goes completely wide and vincent goes like tall and controlly um, yeah. from what i've seen so for yeah i've thought about it too in regards to like arachne and, and uh uzuri because like they're both mm-hmm. assassins but like very different play styles very different cards even though you're running a lot of assassin cards um and there's a little bit of overlap there like Uzuri is all about the stealth and swapping and you play almost zero stealth cards in Arachne. Arachne is more about contracts and mid-range controly kind of gameplay and it would be very difficult to trend, like to convert an Uzuri deck into an Arachne deck, for example. Mm-hmm. You'd have some overlap, but it would be easier, I, I will say though, it would be way easier to convert uh, Uzuri to Arachne than it would be for Dromai to literally anything else. Um, no, exactly. Yeah, it's too unique, isn't it? You know, like she's the so... only character that does dragons yeah it's like so parasitic her her mechanics are like she's like i'm the only one who does this Um, exactly and so i i think i wanted to pose the question to you as um because we did have a conversation of several episodes ago that was one of our more watched episodes and we i think i called it something along the lines of does flesh and blood have a hero problem so like i think it comes back to that as as an azalea you know stan what would you do if Azalea hits Living Legend? Azalea's good. Like, this is not, we're not, we're, it's not a year ago where it was like, Azalea's <laughs> never going to hit Living Legend. It's a very real reality right now. Azalea's legit good and played by good yeah. players. There's a possibility that Azalea 
hits living legend in the next year or so like what would you what would you do like i'm I'm curious if there's no assuming there's no like azalea 2 right assuming there's not like a another azalea in like outsiders 2 or whatever yeah well if there is you know i should be the one to spoil it um (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but um when you're right you're right but um but luckily i think um for for heroes at living legend out what happens then oh the living legend format there Mm -hmm. is a place where you can play your decks if you want to play them and obviously if your hero rotates for the sake of being good or being a solid deck then you can still play it in living legend format against the other best decks that have rotated out to a certain degree so you can still play the deck you just have to play it in those confines you have to play it in those conf- uh, those uh, that that format that being said as well all of your favorite characters I imagine will also be able to be played in new PVE formats that we're eventually going to get. UPF, you can just have fun with it. There are a lot of the people that you know are not going to, you know, not really going to care. You know, Azalea is a character. I love the, I love the character, but I'm not competitive. I'm not speaking for the competitive people and all this. I'm just speaking for myself, really. But there's loads of other formats that you can play Azalea in, or there's loads of other ways you can enjoy it. Um, so I'm not that fussed when it happens and if it happens it happens yeah. um but um but yeah it's going to be other ways to enjoy your characters that you've known you know the, the whole time you've been playing the game uh, i have full faith in lss that they will allow you to still play those characters somehow uh yeah. around a kitchen table at least yeah i mean like lexi is like one of my favorite characters of all time and i still have her blitz i still play blitz lexi yeah. Um, blitz yeah again blitz is another thing i I could just go to i I do really think that um the living legend just in eternal formats in general are going to be more important in flesh and blood going forward Uh, probably starting very soon to be honest um yeah because it's such a the game really does reward you for you know playing a specific hero that's why i was saying like maybe maybe they want to you know alter it to be more um, class focused rather than or like class specialized specialized than hero specialized instead of being like I'm an Azalea main you can just be like I'm a ranger main for the yeah. for the competitive minded folks for for the people who just love the character then you know you'll have to do other yeah. things like I said but yeah uh, exactly. overall uh-huh. I, we'd actually say our opinions of this change uh, overall I I think it's a good <laughs> change to keep the competitive meta healthy and varied if yeah. this is this is the caveat, if they continue to print more and more heroes and if they give players more options for those card pools. So I think it's a good change if players have more heroes and more options for the card pools, um, because, um, yeah, keeping it fresh, keeping it, uh, you know, balanced, I think is really important from uh, keeping player retention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, as a sorry before before you go, Bill, I just want to say as a as a as a spectator of the high level events, I don't want to watch the stale meta <laughs> yeah. that, that 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 we ultimately get ourselves in because we're waiting for another BNR announcement. You know, <laughs> nobody nobody wants to play in these events 
because they know Lexi's going to living legend and people are going to be playing Lexi just because she's the best deck and they're just going to jam it to try and get their PTIs for LA or whatever. I... Spectators do not want to see that. They want to see the fresh thing. They want to see what's going to happen next. You yes. know? Yes, that yeah. is true. I agree. Uh, most people, like whenever I work coverage, we always try to get um, more exciting Interesting matches. things on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I will I will give credit to the current meta. Uh, we had six major events and six different heroes win. So I will say that. Um, so yeah. currently there is some variation there. Um, yeah. And we have we have potential to see more with Dash IO being 14 and one um, being like a new breakout, oh, gotcha. new, new breakout hero, which is which is awesome. And I, I'm really happy because I think Dash is like one of my favorite heroes from that that set. It's just such a cool mechanic. Yeah, it's anyway, going to be interesting to see. What, what, uh, what was you going to say, Bill? Yeah, toss oh, it, Bill. Bill. Um, I was going to say, I do actually like um, the push to keep things fresh by yeah. sort of accelerating the Living Legends uh, system. I think that the most of the complaints that people have about the Living Legends system, I think, can be boiled down to the fact that it's not a scalable system. It is something that consistently needs to be reworked as mm. more heroes get into the mix. Um, as events go up and, uh, people start to, you know, like when the living legend system was first created, there were, you know, I I don't have the actual number off the top of my head, but let's say there were three big tournaments in a year. Now there's like 15. Uh, so like people are getting, you're getting more points. There are also more heroes. So like they don't necessarily balance each other out that way. So I like the fact that they're continuing to look at it and innovate and um, and uh, like increment the, you know, how how tuned it is. Um, the one thing that I'm not like super sold on is the fact that heroes can now um, living legend in the middle of a pro quest season. Um, oh, that's a, neg- that's a negative for you, is it? That? That one's that one to me is a negative. Uh, I think that that one would feel very bad if I was a tournament grinder and like, you know, you you wanted to play a deck that uh, even if it is one that ends up being like at the top of the at, at the top of the um, competitive scale and uh you know you don't have another deck prepped to continue or you're like waiting for your pro quest that's happening in the third week and all your and money is in that deck essentially all your money's in that deck and then all of a yeah. sudden it's like oh well it might living legend before my tournament or it might not mm-hmm. so like you kind of have to split your um your attention and your prep and everything between the two just in the off chance that like it might get enough points that, that just kind of feels Nah, to me i don't know i i haven't seen it in action yet obviously and i'm not a tournament grinder so that's just me coming in totally hmm. um like theoretically but yeah. uh, i could see people having an issue with that i have a follow-up question to play devil's advocate just a little bit um uh, not not because i necessarily uh, believe this but do you think that negative outweighs the negative of a meta being super stale and unfun for months, like for an entire season. Um, may, I guess, I guess, the, I guess the core of the question is: Do you, does a, a hero hitting living legend mid season is it bad just in general, or do you think it's because it's too frequent? Is like is the is the one week thing too frequent? Maybe it should be 
less frequent than one week, maybe a couple of weeks or a month or something like that. I think I think once a week is maybe too much of an overcorrection because um, we were going multiple months yeah. in between, right? Between yeah, DNRs. It, yeah, um, it was basically like what I don't remember the, the the cadence, but it felt like every set could have been like every. Like, well, yeah, it felt like every three ish months, um, yeah. four ish months. So going from once every what is that? 16 weeks to once a week um, feels like maybe yeah. a little bit too extreme of a like I say, an overcorrection. So. Um, I do think that more frequent would be nice, um, especially, yeah, instead of having um, your meta or the the meta as a whole being completely terrorized by this deck. And it's like, oh, well, they hit their points, but it's still two weeks until the next BNR. So we can't do anything about it. Um, maybe that. Yeah, could be maybe that's that maybe that situation could be something that the store or the person who's holding the event could then make a call on to say if 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 lss gives that store the power to do so you could say right well this is living legended but you can still register a deck or whatever mm -hmm. maybe it's maybe it could be down to the local scene or the local store that's doing it I to wonder, then deal with that issue perhaps mm -hmm. i don't know i wonder if changing the cadence from the new change, which is one week to like every month. What about like, what if it was like at the start of every month, like the first of every month you had it. And then I that, that I, way people would have like an yeah. entire month to prepare. If your hero living legend out. Yeah. I think that would make more sense. Um, give people like a maximum of four weeks, uh, with any given, like really offensive deck. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, potentially be able to have uh, a little bit finer control over what the meta looks like as well. Like you say, you know, you could have this bullseye bracers ban or suspension or whatever you want to call it um, and potentially only have it in effect for four weeks instead of an entire BNR cycle as it was previously. Um, those corrections could just start to keep things a little bit fresher. Um, so I do agree with keeping it with uh, making it more frequent than it was, but I, th I think that once a week is too much. Uh, I think that it is. Yeah, I can see that. I, yeah, it, it just feels like a lot. <laughs> it, yeah, I, I think it definitely, like I said, you know, earlier, I think it definitely can and likely will lead to some pretty big feel bad moments for folks who aren't uh, hyper entrenched players who just show up at your armories or skirmishes or whatever, and they're like, you know. Like 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 players like Az who would be like who maybe aren't content creators and stuff like I play Azelia and then all of a sudden Azelia becomes really good and competitive, and they're like oh yeah she Living Legend last week you can't play her anymore and they're like what <laughs> since when uh, yeah know. and you're, then your mates like it's all right you can just use uh, Riptide instead here you go just transfer the deck over <laughs> man Riptide <laughs> doesn't, well it, yeah, same, it doesn't even work <laughs> like yeah Riptide's yeah. like all these all these traps and D reacts and stuff and. Yeah, he's got this awesome new bow, barbed castaway. You can use that instead. <laughs> barbed, use that instead of Death Dealer. Barbed uh, trash away. Barbed trash away. Um, <laughs> no. But, yeah, and all, but also, also on the flip, on the flip side of that as well, people that are playing competitive, competitively, I think are going to have their brain switched on enough to understand that the deck that they could be playing in this event is close to Living Legend and that yeah. they probably will have a backup deck going forward. I think that's probably yeah, within I, their within their sense to be able to now contemplate that I, I think the, I think the big question is, though, is like what percentage of those players are who take up the overall player base, right? 
Like, yeah. is, like, is it like fifty percent? Is it like one percent? Like, how, how many players are that player? How many people are just playing at home and don't watch all these YouTube videos? Don't keep up with all of the, you know, the the competitive results and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, but yeah, interesting to see how. Uh how the LGSs and the event organizers handle situations like that. Cause I imagine they will come up, but I don't know how yeah. often, well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hey. And like people listening, yeah. Let us know what you think on this, this issue. Uh, I don't think it's like clear cut. And I think it's uh kind of a problem that flesh and blood has like made for themselves. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, it's, it's uh, kind of interesting to watch. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, but, uh, I mean, it- I, I don't think it's, too much of a big deal in the long run but i do agree with what, what bill's saying and I, I think like maybe like maybe a month kind of kind of cadence would would be a nice little medium and give people proper time and also i don't think a month of a, a stale meta is like that bad if it's like a meta it's like a really bad and they they ll in a month i don't think nah, it's that bad. yeah no nah, it's not too bad it's not too long not too long but then sort of uh coming off of what we were saying earlier about the the potential shift that we might be seeing to having multiple heroes in one class that you can then put your cards into yeah. that could be something that they're trying to do so that when this happens you still got a pool of cards that you can transfer from one hero to the other if that happens right yeah. um so worst case scenario you might be able to just say oh, okay can't play azalea but i'll play whatever the ranger is that's not riptide um right yeah, yeah, yeah. the other the other sexy looking one not why well, riptide's got a bit of sexy energy going on but you know if, if you're into uh, if you're into bloaters from left for dead sure absolutely um, bloaters, yeah <laughs> uh hey yeah. maybe they'll maybe they'll print uh that uh that cool van helsing looking dude from bolton shot as a, as oh, a ranger yeah. hero i would love that he's 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 pretty he's pretty sexy looking man he's got that sweet hat like yeah. uh yeah man absolute hugh jackman love it hell yeah dude um i mean there's a lot there's a lot of sexy looking rangers you could anyway um so uh yeah 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 uh, you could could pick and choose uh as and i were talking about the holy thibble at the beginning of the pre-show i'm not sure there's there's that uh, that made it in or not i have no idea honestly uh but there's the the ranger uh, that footh you drew um where she's kind of like sitting with her leg well yeah what a maker yeah, dude. Yeah. I know the one. I've yeah. zoomed in a few times. Anyway, um, so uh, <laughs> zoomed in a few times. It's like it's like as is one of as is like phone background wallpapers or something. Yeah, that's it. Girlfriend just like who's that on there? It's you. No, no, is it? I don't know. Um, but uh, speaking of lots of heroes, uh, it means that uh, obviously a lot of words that have been thrown around recently. Variants with lots of heroes comes more variants. And we've seen a little bit of that happen because I think the last five or four callings were all won by different heroes. Oh, I mentioned earlier, it was six, six heroes. Six oh, heroes, six, six different heroes. Yeah, with, with Uzuri winning that uh, the last one, it's six now. Yeah. That's, yeah. So, yeah, that that is that like, LSS's goal. See if I can remember all, and... all six of them. It's like, what? Lexi, Dromai, Azalea, uh, Uzuri. What are the other two? I don't keep up with this stuff as much as I should. Hmm. Did Icelander win? No, I think so. I don't remember, but yes. Let yeah. us know in the comments below. It, but yeah, the, it's definitely the, those. The number those is four. the number that I've seen LSS people post on Twitter is six. So I'm not sure what the other two are. Uh, Could be like. Uh, did, did a ninja win? Did 
Did I say who won? Uh, who won Dallas recently? The one that Stephen and that was commentating. <laughs> Don't remember. Yeah, can't remember. But that's a good thing, right? That's you know, that's good to see different heroes winning it rather than just the same old faces. Is that progression? Is that what LSS are trying to do going forward to try and get more heroes it's, winning? More it's, good, it's good optics for their game. Like uh, when, it, yeah. when it comes, so when I think about most things regarding flesh and blood, and I, I guess I have a bit of a unique perspective on things. Most of the things that I think about are just getting new people and retaining players. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people get bogged down into like the competitive meta and like these nuts and bolts kind of things. But for me, um, both as a content creator and just as someone who really loves flesh and blood and someone who's just like a, a big supporter of the game, I just want more people to play the game. And that's what a lot of these hot button issues boil down to for me. Um, it's just like the health of the game. Does it make people want to play the game? Does it make people keep playing the game or does it people drive people away? And um, I think more heroes in general and then also a, a, a wider variety of heroes winning are both really, really good for the game. They're really, really good images because it says, hey, our game is balanced. Look at all these heroes that can win. And then it also says, hey, our game has all of these cool heroes that you can relate to. Pick whatever one you like. And I think from a yep. new player perspective, someone who's not a heavily entrenched player, I think those are some of the most important things. And I think maybe LSS realizes this and they're like going towards that. Um because like if you pay attention to competitive magic right now, especially more eternal formats, there's a whole thing with a with a deck called Rakdos Scam that's just running and everything. It's just it's the the deck, um, and uh, you don't want that. It's a really bad image. Um, it it says really bad things about like your game and uh, makes people not want to play. So unless you're a really big fan of that one deck in particular, and so I think that's yeah. what Flesh and Blood really wants to avoid, especially at, as it has established itself for good or for bad as like the competitive card game. So things like that are like even weighted heavier in my opinion for flesh and blood compared to games that may maybe have more casual stuff. Cause if you're a fan of magic, if you don't play competitive magic, you, you, you don't care about Rakdos scam. You just play commander. So you play your Mariki mm -hmm. Reberit deck or whatever. And you don't give a crap about, yeah. you don't give a crap about Rakdos scam. So like, for, but for flesh and blood, where most of the focus is on competitive, I think it's much, much more important. So there's there's my spiel on that. Yeah, definitely makes sense. I think I think James is uh, James White's been happy on Twitter recently, seeing a lot of um, a lot of his different heroes winning different events. I think that's exactly what you said. Optics they want he wants people to see that you can play whatever you want and be successful, yeah. which is um, which is good. So definitely, you got to know that's um, going to be a huge worry for James and other people at LSS. They, I, they, yeah, what exactly. they don't want is they don't want like the same one hero winning every single event. That's really bad. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully what we have touched on today comes to fruition and uh, some of our insights and uh, potentially uh, soothsaying comes to fruition there. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, there is, a, there is a lot of hype building up to, uh, to uh, events. Uh, which me and me, me and Bill are going to be going to at least. Um, I'm going to be taking a big card cardboard cutout of uh, Red Zone Rogue on the plane. I'll get you. I'll get you. I'll get you a good headshot that you can, you yeah. can use. Yeah. I'll take a um, pose. Plenty of good pictures. We can uh, use. That was me posing, by the way, for everyone listening. I did. I did the. I did the arms crossed. <laughs> the arms yeah. crossed. Head head tilt up. And then I also did the the hand on the thumb. 
Oh, the, the 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 hand and thumb on the chin kind of kind of pose. Hmm. Contemplating. Uh, view my space, my space there. Ah, oh, speaking of which, um, I found it quite funny uh, last week when I was watching the um, uh, the Banish Zone podcast. Um, I uh, <laughs> posted a, a still image of uh, oh, yeah. Bryn smoldering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got that smolder. Uh, and then it, it turned into a um, it turned into an emoji in the Flesh and Pod Discord. Nice. <laughs> there's, no, there's now an emoji of Bryn smoldering like this. <laughs> oh, uh, so good. if any if anyone listens listens to uh, listens to us from 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 that group of individuals, I am so sorry for instigating that. Um, but um, yeah. but yeah, I just like to like to shine lights on. I do I enjoy that podcast quite a lot. Um, oh hey, I think that. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off in there. I had no, I'll just say I should enjoy enjoy it quite a lot. So, uh, so yeah, I just thought I'd shout out. No, I uh, yeah, shout out to the Banish Zone. Uh, mm. They're great, and uh, yeah, so shout out to that. But it, it did remind me. You mentioned other podcasts. I think we were going to mention this at the end of the show. But yeah. the Instant Speed podcast is are they're doing their annual Speedy Awards where people can vote yes. on their favorite things. Uh, in flesh and blood, including dear listener, favorite podcast. Now, the Living Legends podcast won last year, and it was, I believe, like the best new podcast. Well, now it is yeah. just best podcast in general, and I think we should continue that trend. You all should go vote. Uh, I'm not saying you should vote for the Living Legends podcast, but I'm not not saying it either. Vote for the Living Legends podcast. Vote so we can, for us. So we can win uh, two years in a row. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Exactly. If if we win, then I, I will do something. Um. <laughs> if 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 we win, I bet I bet we can all commit to something like this. If we win, yeah, exactly. We'll all do we'll all do uh, shots on air, live on air. Doesn't have to be from a shoe. You don't have to ruin your shoe if you have a nice shoe. Maybe Az can do it from a shoe. Um, yeah, yeah. But we just do yeah. just do regular shots because I think we think we all may probably have some liquor on hand, right? Yeah. Well, we could. Uh, room, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah we can we can definitely commit to doing something like that for sure if, if we um if we take it for sure yeah so that's your incentive if you want uh living legends podcast uh drunk edition um mm -hmm. we can do more than one shot by the way so if you want living legends podcast <laughs> dr drunk edition uh you vote for us uh the speedy awards i, I believe you yeah. can find the link on the instant speed podcasts twitter i think you like tweeted about it I think you yeah, said. Yeah, I think there is. I'm not sure whether we can get it in the description box of this video, perhaps. But there is a Google Drive link where yes. they just fill out a Google a Google's form. I um, will try. I will try to have it in the video description on YouTube and in the description on um, Spotify. So we'll see. Yeah, because I fi I filled it out the other day. I didn't vote for myself, obviously. Um, I voted for other people, but um, I did fill it out. I think it was just a link, so you should be able to click it. Uh, but I'll send it to you after this. Uh, right. But speaking of speaking of drinks, I filled it out, but um, I, I did vote for the Living Legends podcast. I didn't vote for myself or anything else, but I did vote for the Living Legends podcast. Oh, good lad, <laughs> love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, speaking of drink, I I didn't I completely forgot that duty free is a thing at airports. Um, so mm. duty free. Um, I'm not sure whether that translates to America or Canada. Whether there's a similar thing, but it's tax free goods at the airport. Oh, that you don't you don't have to pay tax on. Is here's, that the same thing? Duty free. So here's a weird thing for me. I live in Oregon, and Oregon as a state 
is one of the only states in the United States that has no sales tax. So I don't have to pay tax uh, on anything. And when I buy stuff online, I also don't have to pay tax on things because I'm from Oregon. Um, I see. However, Oregon pays for it in other re- ways. Uh, we have a pretty heavy uh, alcohol tax that's baked into the price. And we also have a pretty heavy uh, like uh, property tax and some other. It's just baked into other other things. But I don't pay sales tax anyway. It, it's a thing. People from the neighboring states sometimes go to Oregon so they can buy stuff without having to pay sales tax. People like to come down here and buy cars or TVs or expensive stuff. Um, uh, it's more state, more state driven, more than anything else. But, yeah, because UK, but, it's UK, uh, UK wide, completely different thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, in the airports in the UK, there's a thing called duty free, which means you don't pay tax on. Well, I don't think. I don't think. I don't know the ins and outs. I'm not an accountant or anything, but you don't pay as much as you would at the Tesco or the ASDA or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were uh, you can pre-order things to go and get before you get on your flight. And I pre-ordered a liter, which is quite a large, uh, quite a large, but also like a kilogram of yeah. rum. A, uh, you got a for, liter of lump, rum? Yeah. Like, like a full, like, <laughs> like a full, like... A Rita, a Rita of lum. <laughs> Rita, lo- lovely Rita meter maid. Drinking that yeah. rum all day long, dude. Um, yeah. That's a lot of rum. Holy hell. That is a lot. Yeah, so that's so, uh, that, and I got that for ten pounds. Um, so that roughly translates to the cheapest rum I've ever heard of. Holy, holy crap! Yeah, and dude. It's, it's Sailor Jerry's spiced spiced rum. Oh, well, that's even 10, better. Okay, it's not even it's not even crap rum. Sailor Jerry's is like it's one of my favorites. Crap. No, I yeah, love Sailor good. Jerry's. How is it so, so cheap? Um, a bot so like the, duty free. the <laughs> regular bottle of sailor jerry's i don't know i don't know the exact ounceage but you know the regular standard size bottle for me is like yeah. 20, 25 bucks like 25 us dollars yeah yeah so, same here really um but um i just thought that was an absolute bargain so i, I got <laughs> one i probably should have got more to be honest but i don't want to get on the plane with like three bottles four bottles of liter rum in my bag <laughs> um so uh, uh, yeah that'll, that, that'll last that'll last the afternoon that bottle um Sailor it, really. jerry <laughs> rum leader one liter yeah have a look have a quick look um but is it is, is it what's it like in canada bill do you have to is there a duty free in your airports or anything or yeah yeah i've never really purchased anything from them so i can't comment on how good or bad they are but i'm pretty sure yeah. i saw the discussion on twitter um oh what's the name of uh, Sun- sunflower samurai oh is you know it? what yeah. maybe a yeah. liter is the standard um, size continue i'm sorry yeah i'm, I'm looking this they up. were uh they, they mentioned something about booze being incredibly cheap in spain <laughs> oh yes <laughs> at, I, tagged I, you in it. I remember i tagged you in it saying yeah. i want i want drink ideas because for a friend and i tagged you in it um but yeah, they 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 uh yeah that's it. They tagged like uh they put in like like Irish creams and stuff. So they were tagged they tagged us in a load of creamy beers, like not beers, <laughs> like old, spirits, like liqueurs. Yeah, and they tagged mm. us in a load of creamy, um, load of creamy things. Lovely I, I actually think one liter. Maybe maybe I I thought a liter is bigger than it was. I thought I was thinking a liter is like one of those big jugs, like a like a milk jug size. So I I actually yeah, think a liter is smaller than it. I think a liter is the standard size, is what I'm getting from the internet. Maybe, but what was it? What, what's the cost of that? 
Let's say Sailor Jerry rum liter, nineteen dollars from Liquor Liquidators. Well, still that's quite a lot of money off. Anyway, um, so rum aside, I uh, ten ten bucks is yeah, pretty pretty damn good. It's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I I just thought I'd uh, just thought I'd mention that I I was just well chuffed that I managed to get that much for that for that little. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be making some cocktails. In the uh, in the Airbnb, and I'll learn how to do that. Watch a few YouTube videos, um, but um, other things that are going on in uh, going on at Worlds. And this one of this thing which was uh, announced recently uh, was the Professor Experience, which is an interesting thing that you can do. Um, so, have you seen this? The Professor Experience. Have you have you read the the thing that you can I, do there? I did. I did see. It's like a scavenger hunt or something. Like yeah. Yeah, it, so it, which it is says, kind of which is kind of funny because uh, I was literally just talking with with Prof the other day, and we were we were trying to plan out when we we're going to do our interview, which has had to have been delayed a couple times for personal reasons on both of our parts, back and forth. But um, we have now we are now delaying it till after Barcelona, and so that'll give us a little bit more to talk sense. about. And you can talk about worlds and stuff. Mm-hmm. But any, anyway, yeah, the professor experience is is interesting it's, it's, it's interesting yeah, it, 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 it'll be able to tell you whether, whether anybody solved it because yeah you have to solve a series of clues to fix the quantum processor and then you could win a cold foil cold foil professor professor techno Bosson. um and that's on the uh well friday to sunday between two and five uh i don't know because I'm, I'm my my events are pretty stacked i'm not sure whether i will be able to do it uh because i'm collecting all of this swag for my mate so i have to do the those things um but so uh, i just thought it looked interesting it's gonna be like a like a bloody escape room but with the professor <laughs> yeah I, yeah i don't know it'll be interesting it'll be really interesting to see <laughs> uh yeah. to hear about yeah Definitely have you gonna... decided what uh what events you're doing yet bill do you know what you're doing or have you got some sort of plan uh my plan gonna... honestly is just to kind of play it by ear um yeah. If if that means that I miss out on like the actual official events, I think that's fine. I, I anticipate ha- like meeting up with a lot of people and and um, yeah. like, playing games with uh, with random people or just like going out for lunches or drinks or whatever. Like I from my experiences so far with like magic conventions, um, you play approximately like maybe a tenth of the actual uh game that's me. that you want to play because the yeah the rest of it is like you're meeting up with people and you're I, you're shaking hands and saying hi yeah I, I like that <laughs> i mean there are oh, people gotcha. who just like grind games the whole weekend but for me I, i'm on i'm with bill like the most fun for me is just being able to just like hang out uh, if you want to go get lunch at whatever time you can go just go get lunch just yeah it's great so yeah that's pretty much what we did last time at worlds you know we didn't really play much at all because you were just there meeting everybody for the first time and it was just awesome uh i am kind of obligated this time even if i just show up and get the thing and then just go away you know you can drop from the events you can still grab the stuff and go so it depends what what happens there but um yeah should be should be um should be good just to meet everybody so um yeah, that's pretty much it, really. Um, Living Legends format is obviously happening as well on the on the on the Sunday, which I am I am in. I'm going to be playing in. Depends on how depends how it goes. How many rounds I'll do? Rounds I'll do. 
Uh, but there was a little poll that I put up on Twitter recently, which uh, which is quite scary as someone that's going to be playing uh, Azalea. And the poll was, um, if you were playing um, Living Legends format, what hero would you play at Worlds? Uh, there were 97 votes, so basically nearly 100 votes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 11% was Chain. 44% was Starvo. Yeah. Great. 15% was Prism, and then 28% was Other. So I imagine Other is, well, obviously, Lexi, Icelander, Dubbies, Fi. Whatever um, hero you like, yeah. Viscerai, mm-hmm. Skeleta, and all this. Uh, whatever hero you want to play with those degenerates. Um, but that's not looking like a fun time for Azalea being 44% Starvo. <laughs> yeah, you um, know. So, but I've, I've never played against, I've never played against Starvo ever. You know, I wasn't really playing flesh and blood in that meta scene when Starvo was around. So, I'd... did you guys ever play against Starvo? Is it just is it just a crap time in general? I mean, it's not as bad as, as against Oldham, but it's not great either, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Starvo just it, it's the it's the type of thing where, especially if they have Awakening. You're they damned do. if you do, and you're damned if you don't. It's, it's not that's, that. That was the matchup. It yeah, was right. you do everything that you can to try to race them so that they don't yeah. get you down to like sub 10 life. If they get you to 10 life, then you're dead um, because they have dominate plus hammer uh, just on deck. Like basically you you start with 30 life against Starvo. That is like my experience with it. Um and if you do try to race them and you don't get past their defense reactions or their fridges or, or all of the stuff that they have available, then they awakening, they uh, search for a free crippling crush, uh, attack you with it with go again and then icy hammer you. And uh, oh then you're just God. you're out of it and they have all of the tempo again. Um, yep. It wow. was. Ridiculous, uh, it's a ridiculous deck. Um, and it's not one that I'm looking forward to playing in the Living Legend format. Uh, that one is Seeds of Agony Chain with um, uh, Revel and Runeblood. Are you going to do, do Duskblade uh, or is that Duskblade? Yeah, dude. Ah, uh, yeah. Duskblade against, like, I think if you play Chain and you don't have Duskblade in your sideboard for Oldham, uh, you are doing it wrong because I'm pretty sure it's like, it's close to a free win. Yeah. Uh, I think that that matchup is irredeemably imbalanced yeah it's gonna uh, just end up being forgot. massive you're just gonna start clapping them with like a 20 attack <laughs> dusk yep. blade yeah they're just like they're gonna be holding on by their fingernails for dear life and you're just gonna be like oh uh one resource attack you for 15 <laughs> yeah as long as you can keep up the, the requirements for dusk blade which i think is what you need a non-attack and a an attack or some, some yeah, something a- to that effect um yeah, as long as you can keep that well, up. Well, I, I'm just reading it because I haven't I haven't read it in so long. So yeah, one resource attack. Whenever you attack with it, if you play the attack action card and a non-attack action card, yeah, it gets okay, plus yeah. one counter. That's right. And then yeah. if and if you don't play both, if you don't play both, it removes them all. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, you're right. you just need to do a non-attack attack with go again then dust blade. Uh, so just like a zero cost whatever uh, plunder run whatever. Uh, into like a scar for a scar and then dust blade. Just do that every single turn. To block with two cards. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, yeah. 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 Just uh just ridiculous. But um but yeah, anyway, Starvo 
especially when Star Wars first came out, people were like, oh, it's like his effect is going to be fun. Like, whatever. You're probably not going to get it very much. I, yeah, remember. I, I, I made a like a like a YouTube post and I was like, oh, this seems really good. And then I had a whole bunch of people are like, I think it, you're I think you're asking too much. When are they going to actually be able to, to do the fuse? I don't think it's ever going to happen. And I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, turns out uh, he's like um, probably I don't know. You can argue between Chain and Starvo, but among the most busted heroes in the entire game. Gotcha. Because they bound, they bound a few things as well. They bound the pulse, didn't they? The dual elemental card they, from. They banned a uh, lot. From they banned awakening. Of, they banned the pulse. Yeah. Like, or was that pulse banned for Oldim? Was it? I think it was, wasn't it? I think pulse was banned for Oldim. I remember the hammer was banned for Oldim for sure. Yeah. Uh, pulse was banned as well, but I can't remember whether it was for Starvo or Oldim. I can't remember, what, but yeah, that was, was banned also. Was Crown of Seeds banned temporarily, or was that in Blitz only? I remember Crown of Seeds Blitz. Okay, that's hard oh, to keep. It's going to be absolute wild, wild west, isn't it? The Living Legend format, the wild, wild west. I want, dude. Do. What, what I what I really want is I want <laughs> someone to Bill. roll up. Yeah, <laughs> Wild West, Wiki West, James West. <laughs> oh yeah. All right, oh, uh, but anyway, um, what I want, what I, what I really want from the Living Legends format, by the way, is I want someone to roll up with some brood rogue deck that just sweeps everyone they found like the the actual degenerate path because we've had so many cards added since some heroes living legend out maybe there's some weird busted stuff with chain and maybe some of the new shadow room blade cards or something i want to see someone roll up with a deck that no one thought of and just like dunks everyone like yeah that's what i mean though like uh, this whole conversation that we've had today is you know heroes rotating out quickly and all this that makes a living legend format even even more diverse as well because you're mm-hmm. going to have loads of people enter that all the time and make that hopefully. shake up. Uh, so, uh, ho- hopefully, people adopt the format and actually play it. One of the I don't want to call it a problem, yeah, but one we'll of see. the one of the patterns I see in Flesh and Blood is like a lot of people are really on like the CC is the best format and no one should play anything else kind of train, and so mm-hmm. hopefully people you know adopt more formats. Um, yeah. If, for the sake of people who exactly. actually care about those other formats. Yeah. But uh yeah, I mean that's pretty much it I've got on the on the docket for today. Uh one thing uh, I wanted to mention before we go into a few other little bits before we go off today is the um uh the escape from Southmore part three. Ooh. Yeah, boy. Mm-hmm. There there was also that question that Kale Kale asks. So if we want to do that for the oh mail- yeah, that's not on here actually. So if we want to do that for the mailbag. I, th- I think it's actually a fun, a fun question, and I think it's one that we can yeah, also yeah. throw to the viewers because it'd be a really cool conversation in like the comment section if people wanted to a- answer it as well. Because I don't know, I think it's just kind of a fun. I think it's just a fun question. It's not just engagement bait. I legitimately think it's a fun question that I would like to hear people's opinion on. Definitely. Sorry to, cut, um, sorry to cut you off on that, but I got excited. No, that's right. Yeah, it's all, it's all relevant. But yeah, that's going to come out soon. The last part of our campaign, which was a four, five hour session. It's like, it's like five um, hours, but it is so <laughs> good. If you like it is a good one. D&D sessions and stuff, y'all are missing out. Go watch it. The, the The first two episodes are really good. I think the first one, I've listened back to them. The first one's kind of a slow burner. and But in the second yeah. one, we, re- we really pick it up and some really cool stuff mm-hmm. happens, especially with like a large beast in a containment chamber that bill yeah. inexplicably really wants to go say hi to and opens the containment chamber so you could go let's go see what happens with that because it gets crazy um and oh, in, it gets so crazy and in the final episode it only gets crazier and it's really great um 
So yeah, I think I think that's just I think that's just like the the first episode. It's just like everyone's like getting into character and you know it's like getting the nerves off and that because you know we want to make it a good a good experience. So mm. yes, yeah, it all you know it's one of those things that that first one will always be a little bit slower for us to all get into it. But then as we discover our own characters and that, it's just falls naturally um and yeah this last and, one is absolutely epic and with that with, with that said like the last one's really cool and with that said we're doing another campaign and kale was yeah. like okay you should you should tell people about it now and, and maybe show the logos i don't have the logo ready here to show but it is called off the grid and it's going to be uh-huh. set in metrics with half of the same party so Bill and Az will be reprising their characters. I'm playing a new character and we're, we're having another person join us. Um, Max Ferocity, who will also be playing, obviously, a new character. And um, yeah. it's going to be really cool. I have a feeling that whereas the first one, we had that like kind of like that slow build kind of thing. I have a feeling this one's going to probably go like right off right, the yeah. gates. Um, and we're, we're looking to in- improve like production quality and stuff. I've been talking to Kale about having like a like a like a fun little animated intro at the beginning of every each session uh and then we also have official art well i shouldn't say official art it is fan art from sam yang who drew our characters once again you can see that in the last living legends episode um yeah but just having like sam draw our characters just kind of upping upping the general quality i think is gonna make it a lot more fun for everyone uh really really yeah, excited definitely yeah. Yeah, it's a lot more uniform as well because you know everyone had their own pieces of art for what you know from whatever. Yeah, um, so yeah, it's yeah. gonna look a lot more a lot a lot more cohesive now. Everyone's you know art is on the same thing. Um so yeah, you can see the you can see how that was portrayed in the last uh, episode. Um it's so cool. We got a we got a we got a recent update for that, didn't we? Which wasn't on that episode. Uh, oh, it's so good. Here, you know, maybe sick. Maybe well maybe while you read out the question for Kale, maybe I can go f- find the image here sure yeah so let me just go back on to the other chat um so uh dead summer dead summer art on youtube go and check it out does some fantastic uh law-based content and obviously is a fantastic dm for our sessions here um mentions uh oh, where is it where is it damn i've lost it I'll scroll up a little bit. Speak amongst yourselves, viewers. Here we go. If you are transferred, uh, if you are transported as your current selves into the world of Wraith, this is a question for you listeners out there as well. So if you were transported as your current selves into the world of Wraith, what do you think you would be? Do you think you would you uh do you think you have the skills to be a hero? And if so, what class? Uh I'll go first. I would be a bard. Hundred um, percent, because I do have some vocal ability, uh, whether that's screaming or singing. So I would use that as my uh, sort of inspiration to others to uh, to do things. I think so. I think I would probably be a bard, or a bard in a general sense as a jester, just an absolute laughing stock mm. of a human being who's just in the team for everybody to laugh at. Um, because he's an absolute idiot and drinks from his shoe. Um, so I would probably be some form of bard, I imagine, uh, which is a class in this game. We're yet to see, no, we're not. Melody is a natural thing now. Uh, I was going to say, we've only got Yorick, but no, we have got Melody now. Hopefully, we get more uh, in the future. 
I would probably be a bard to answer that question. Um, so viewers, let us know. Um, and I'll throw it over to whoever can take the reins after that. Okay, so before I do that, for the visual people out there, here are our characters. It mm -hmm. looks rad as hell. Um, Sam's done it in like a black and white style, almost like a comic book style. And you can I'll leave, yeah. I'll leave it up to you to guess who they are if you didn't watch the episode. But uh, yeah, it, it's super, super cool. Really looking forward to it. This is just like an updated version of the sketch. Sam is going to add some more finishing touches. And uh, we're going to be using these for both the thumbnails and but also for like uh, our character portraits and stuff. Um, I it's funny you said Bard because I was like, <laughs> I, I have the answers that I would like to say, but then I have like the realistic answer and the realistic answer. Hmm. I would like to say something cool, like it'd be like, oh, I'd be like a, a powerful wizard or something. But the reality <laughs> would be more something akin to like either a bard or or on brand, a rogue, someone who uses talking to their advantage because I've made my entire career out of just talking. Um, Your charisma. Yeah. yeah, it would be it'd be like charisma based. Um, I'm not like the most athletic person, though I used to be. I used to play basketball, so I was like fairly athletic. Maybe rogue is maybe the the right call. Um, and uh, I don't even I don't even, I don't even say I don't even think of sports related things you could translate into a character. That's a good that's a good good idea as well. Yeah, but but maybe maybe I was just really lucky, and I'm a, I was a sorcerer, and I was just born with the ability to to, to do magic because that's what sorcerers are. They just <laughs> have it in their blood. So. Maybe I was just yeah. really like maybe I was just get really lucky. But my honest answer, if I want to translate it over, would would be like probably a rogue, right? Uh, especially the the kind of rogue that uses more like charisma checks and that kind of stuff than anything else. So, I mean, you could answer this question in a variety of ways, couldn't you? Like you know, transferring actual skills into things that you have over to a character, or what what you'd want to be if you're in that world, I guess, because. <laughs> The characters, the characters that well, the character that I made for D and D would be something representing what I would make in a cyberpunk game or an RPG or Baldur's Gate. If I was representing myself as a as a person in that game, I'd want to be a ranger warrior sort of thing. I but, usually make a lot of different characters. To be honest, I usually I don't I don't really self insert as much, especially since I play a lot of female characters. Um, I like making a lot of female yeah. characters in games, but um, if I did, it would it would likely be a rogue or probably more likely a, a wizard or sorcerer. So I'm like, I really like wizards because they get power from like being a nerd. They basically just study, and that's why they're <laughs> that's why they're powerful. Yeah. It's just they they just study, and they're they're just you know ultimate nerd skills. Um, so some some combination of that for for the um, off the grid session. Um, I am playing a sorcerer and that's usually the, when I make a character in D and D I'm usually either a rogue or a sorcerer. So yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I like, uh, also, I also like snarky characters too. Uh, and if, yeah. if my enjoyment of fiction is true, uh, most of the characters I like end up dying. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> they always die. Yeah. Tales going to write a death of a character in there. Finally, maybe, maybe, uh, yeah. Actually, that, that could be actually be really interesting. Anyway, um, I just thought of something. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Bill. How about you? Who would you, what would you be? I <laughs> honestly don't even know. 
like level one commoner (laughs) (laughs) um what do i even do i could make an argument that i'm like a merchant or an alchemist yeah uh sure merchant for me just because i I work in in uh, a corporate space um as well as like locally i used to be the guy that people um that people came to for flesh and blood singles and whatever especially when i spent an irresponsible amount of money on sealed product hey Um, if it was cyberpunk you could be a corpo you can be like a corpo rat who's got a side hustle yeah i could just be a corpo yeah (laughs) that's like a legit thing Um, you can be in cyberpunk and then yeah, alchemist because I like uh, drinking. <laughs> yes, that's a good idea. I like that's making good, making drinks for people. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, you 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 have to make like a a signature bill drink in Barcelona as to what you would make mm-hmm. for yourself and then make me try it essentially. You know the fact that you said you're bringing Sailor Jerry's. I actually have a bottle of Sailor Jerry's downstairs for the Living Legends episode from Barcelona. We should try to record it, and we'll we'll all drink. We'll we'll all partake in the Sailor Jerry's at least. Oh yeah, I'm taking I'm taking I'm taking it. So basically, me and me and Bill will be sat side by side like this, in the same in the same shot, and then we'll have you on there as well if we can if we can schedule it. I'm sure we can. I'm sure, we can do it. I'll I'll, be, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll work around you guys. We'll we'll make it work for sure. Cool. We'll we'll do it maybe yeah. one of the days before. We'll we'll record it one of the days before the event, or maybe like some you know when when you guys aren't busy with stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can sure we can fit it in. I'll be taking the laptop sure. So, um, but uh, yeah, what would you be? Let us know if you were to port yourselves over to the world of Wraith, carrying your actual life skills, or just what you would uh, self insert into a fantasy world let us know yeah uh in the comments below and honestly you could use any like you can use like D classes you can use flesh and blood classes whatever whatever you know kind of works whatever floats your boat if you uh, want to yeah. be a barbarian or you think you're a barbarian yo go for it if you're a druid hey i know people who would definitely be druids you def- you can go for that oh god yeah. yeah yeah any pet any pet lovers out there with their sort of familiars and what have you absolute druids oh, I just, um i just know people who are like very like you know you could, you could say hippie, but uh, you know, very like, yeah. into into the the nature side of things. Gotcha. But, but yeah, druid's yeah. one of those things that uh, the people thought, oh yeah, tales of Aria is going to be a druid. No, it was another rune blade. Dude, people Sorry. thought people thought there was going to be a wizard in tales of Aria. People thought there were going to be an assassin and monarch because of monarch and you know killing a king. Turns out they just waited and did that in an uprising or uh, in, yeah. in dynasty. People, people think there's a lot of stuff in Flesh and Blood that never, never happens. Um, yeah. Oh, I love it. No one, and I will say this, no one would have ever called Levia, no one called Shadow Brute ever in a million years. No one, no one called Brute in, in Monarch. No, yeah, I wasn't um, even part of that speculation phase. Wasn't even part of the game at that point, but that well, would have been funny to I remember, I remember. It was like Levia, Shadowborn Apostle shadow brute everyone's like what the hell what the hell is this um, born apostle isn't that sacrifice get a demon from the deck or something oh, Sac- I, six of them get a demon from deck oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Have- <laughs> i saw your i saw your thing that you contributed contributed towards bill and yours for yeah. the shadow born apostle yeah. that looks really cool that looks really cool actually um that magic thing um that you can't yeah that's uh yeah shout out uh because you've you've mentioned it uh shout out beyond the machina on uh on twitter 
Uh, he's a friend of the channel, longtime friend of the channel. Uh, his name's Drew. Um, and he's just phenomenal work. Uh, yeah, art style awesome. is so distinctive and uh, just really like you can feel a lot of uh, of the the passion that he puts into his his pieces and uh yeah he's currently working on like a really really big canvas that is uh basically community funded um you can like buy a spot on the canvas and he'll draw whatever magic card or whatever that's cool. um that you want and yeah i was just like so overjoyed with how it was it was coming together i i, I just had to contribute so um yeah if you're interested in just supporting cool artists uh please 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 check him out he's he's awesome is there do you know if there is a list of because obviously these sketched or they've sketched the art of the different things that are in the canvas is there a list of what cards have already been included on there but so you don't duplicate yeah there is actually um Ah, it might be on their twitter that's kind of cool How, how much does it cost i'm just curious uh, you can donate however much you want. Um, it's just like you you put whatever you're you're comfortable into it, and you just say, "I would like to make a suggestion." Um, I the original one that I the the original donation I did was just because I wanted to support Drew, um, and uh, ended up getting a little spike feeder that was included. Nice. Uh, oh, nice. I didn't even I didn't even ask for it. So nice. Um, Very cool. Yeah, I like yeah, that. That's but, cool. Yeah, there's like the the slots are just whatever you're willing to to donate, um, and yeah, it's coming together super super well. And I think I'm very I think I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, it's horror themed, isn't it? So uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like massacre worm. I think was one of the recent additions. Yeah. I could see that on there. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of things on there I don't recognize, but I could see like the peer from the abyss was on there, which is just horrific. Um, there's yeah. loads of things <laughs> on there. Um, yeah, there's uh, I have the link to the list of things i think it's on beyond the machina's um twitter oh nice uh, okay where was the last one that he's saying here it is um yeah got like a full moxfield list of all of the cards that have been uh oh see it's a lot so far actually wow. um all right well i'm gonna have a, i'm gonna have a look at this after we've concluded the living legends podcast for today but mm-hmm. Uh, that's the. I just thought. I'd, yeah, I just thought I'd bring that up because I saw you. Uh, you said Shadowborn. Kel said Shadowborn. Levire Shadowborn Apostle. I was like, hold on a minute. There's a link here. I've seen this somewhere. Where is it? Oh yes. Um, but um, but yeah. It's, so uh, I've been hosting. Shadowborn host Abomination. Anyway, I'm sorry. It is. Yeah. yeah abomination. Um, but yeah, I've been the host for today loosely. I'm Alice from Go Again Gaming. Find me on Go Again Gaming AZ on Twitter and Go Again Gaming on YouTube. I'm going to be. If you haven't subscribed or liked and you know notified yourself of content, there is going to be a load of it coming out because of Worlds. I like to vlog a lot of things, um, so there will be uh, lots of videos on there, probably including uh, Bill in a lot of those as well, as long as I have your consent to post it on there. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's me. So uh, I'll throw it over to I'll throw it over to Cal next. Oh, hello, I'm Cal, also known as Red Zone Rogue. You can find me at Red Zone Rogue everywhere. Um, and, uh, yeah, I like to talk about card games, post about card games. Uh, the other two card games that I'm super, super into, and I probably going to be doing a channel update on this soon because I might be, I've, I've had some ideas on where I want to go with, uh, the channel in the next couple months and in 2024, but, uh, if 
you like anime stuff as well hey yo i'm gonna be doing more content for some anim- anime card games that are really genuinely awesome so uh but also flesh and blood as well. continued flesh and blood so yeah red zone go everywhere fantastic and i'll toss it finally to bill hello uh i'm bill from spike feeders uh you can find me on uh social media at bill tsf you can also find me on youtube at spike feeders fab we do live edited gameplay content if that's something that interests you you should definitely check us out we are going to be posting at some point i don't have an eta i know i've said this a few weeks in a row but we're going to be um posting live upf with the round the table product uh awesome. it was a blast it was super super fun yeah, yeah. uh and if you wanted to uh see how that went then be sure to drop us a follow so you can be notified when it comes out hell yeah awesome good stuff uh apart from that we did our arsenal step at the beginning mm-hmm. so reverse arsenal, earlier. reverse arsenal step yeah reverse arsenal just how i like it yeah uh, but apart from that we'll uh <laughs> we'll uh We'll close off for today and uh, see you to do it all over again next week here on the Living Legends podcast. Cheers, folks. See you around, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. Sweet. Dun, 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 dun. Well, whatever the theme tune is at the end. I can't remember what it is now. 